If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit NoFearDentist.com. Welcome to Love It or Leave It, live or else. This is the second week we're broadcasting from the only oasis in the desert of West Hollywood, my backyard. If you listen closely, you can hear the call. Okay, I'm not. (laughs) If you listen closely, you can hear the call of the undomesticated twink seeking a mate, but not here. (laughs) Not here. At Casa Love It, it's just hot and steamy discourse about legislative procedure and environmental collapse. And here to talk that sultry pillow talk, we have Hysteria's own Megan Gailey, who has some thoughts on Novax Djokovic. And Jared Goldstein is back to figure out if Joss Whedon is really a villain from a Lifetime movie, plus the rant wheel. But first, let's get into it. What a week. It's, everyone has to do something. You have to do something. Pretend you're three times as many people. Alexis, you have to applaud. You, have to, you just have to. We don't have the bodies to not have everyone applauding. Let's get into it. What a week. Leave all this in. <laughs> in a move that should be a surprise to no one, the January 6th committee finally issued a subpoena to Rudy Giuliani. When confronted with a subpoena, a startled Giuliani released a disorienting cloud of ink from his scalp so he could make his getaway. Mm-hmm. The January 6th committee also requested a voluntary interview with Ivanka Trump to discuss her communications with her father during the Capitol riot. Ivanka told reporters she'd only share her communications if certain parts were redacted since she promised her dad she wouldn't give his number to Don Jr. In response, Ivanka's representative tried to skirt the issue of whether or not she had been in touch with Donald Trump that day, said her spokesperson, as the committee already knows, Ivanka did not speak at the January 6th rally. Like father, like daughter, that's uh, dodging the question. Uh, It's like if Donald Trump said he never flew on Jeffrey Epstein's spaceship. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Tuesday, the Supreme Court shot down an attempt to reject the mask mandate on airplanes and other transportation. They have yet to rule on my case, which would make it illegal to watch someone else's movie over their shoulder, even though it's the best and only way to watch Jungle Cruise. (laughs) It is. That's You know, like um, Christopher Nolan... Uh, makes it so his movies are really hard to hear because you're only supposed to watch them in like perfect Dolby Atmos. The intention of Jungle Cruise, the artistic intent, is to watch it in silence over the shoulder of someone else on a jet blue flight. Speaking of Supreme Court... Speaking of the Supreme Court, Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Neil Gorsuch also issued a joint statement this week denying rumors that the pair were at odds over mask usage, with Sotomayor explaining that she didn't ask Gorsuch to mask up after he recently appeared barefaced on the bench. I'm not not wearing a mask because I refused a request by my colleague with a comorbidity. I'm not wearing a mask because no one made the request, which should be obvious to anyone with a shred of decency who isn't fully fucking pickled by libertarian and right-wing propaganda. If no one asks me not to shit... In the tank behind the toilet, how am I supposed to know that an upper decker is frowned upon? (laughs) Cancel culture. (laughs) 
Following his massive Wednesday press conference, the White House issued a clarifying statement after President Biden appeared to suggest Vladimir Putin would face lesser consequences if Russia only launched a minor attack on Ukraine. The clarifying statement read, he's doing the best he can, but fully a third of the sentences are coming out sideways. Everybody chill out. Can everybody just chill out? Who else but Biden? Who? No one. There's still fucking no one. Still. Even now. Sorry. I'm just really stressed out since the news conference. Work remotely from Ukraine, they said. It'd be nice to get away, they said. So that's a White House staffer um, working remotely from Ukraine, dealing with the fallout of President Biden kind of misspeaking, kind of mangling a very sensitive issue. So it's a kind of a press staffer, obviously a weird time to work out of Ukraine regardless, but maybe because people are not there because of Omicron, thought he could get away, decided to go to Ukraine, which was a mistake. But the dual stress of dealing with Joe Biden being kind of pretty inarticulate in that press conference, plus the stress of an incoming potential invasion... <laughs> During the press conference itself, Biden acknowledged Build Back Better will not pass the Senate as is and suggests instead that he will attempt to break up the bill and pass certain parts piecemeal. We can break the package up, get as much as we can now, and come back and fight for the rest later. Build back in baby steps. <laughs> it's dark. When asked during the news conference about his difficulty moving his agenda forward, President Biden had a question for the press and for the nation. What are Republicans for? What are they for? Name me one thing that they are for. This is an easy question. Here are some things they are for. Jeans that don't fit. Comedies where a dad rides a motorcycle and does carpentry, but has a son-in-law who is coded kind of faggy. Legal, <laughs> legal and social structures that preserve their sense of superiority. Jokes about how if you can identify as a woman, why can't you identify as an octopus? Referring to virtually all criticism as cancel culture. Movies where a man has to save his daughter using guns and his ex-wife is super grateful and her new husband is coded kind of faggy. Politics, <laughs> politics that allow people to convince themselves that their selfishness is a virtue instead of a vice and ketchup on hot dogs. Also on Wednesday, after 10 hours of debate on the Senate floor, Republicans used the filibuster for a fifth time to block action on a voting rights bill immediately after a vote was called to change the Senate filibuster, which was promptly struck down 52 to 48. Even worse, after the failed vote, Republicans allegedly lined up to shake Kirsten Sinema's hand. They couldn't, though. Both of hers were holding wine glasses. <laughs> so stupid. You did it, Kirsten. You won the approval of 48 people, most of whom would call you a socialist child molester if it helped get the top marginal tax rate down to 36.5%. Thanks for the snap, sorry. You know who else gets snaps? Che... What's... Diaz. Diaz. I got some Che Diaz snaps. Having accused Democrats of fake hysteria around voting rights and the filibuster, Mitch McConnell scoffed at a question about concerns black people might have about voting access come the fall. Said McConnell, well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. <laughs> then he launched into his closer, Americans fill out the ballot like this, but African-Americans fill out the ballot like this. <laughs> Over in the House, Nancy Pelosi now says she is up for a ban on lawmakers trading stocks, explaining, if members want to do that, I'm okay with that. This isn't getting fries for the table, Nancy. You should have a point of view, like getting fries for the table. A video of Dan Crenshaw yelling at a teenage girl during a Q&A <laughs> has gone viral with the Texas representative snapping at her when asked about a podcast appearance where he referred to Jesus as a hero archetype. I can't wrap my head around well, I'll help you. Put a period after okay. the word Jesus and don't question my faith. <laughs> Sorry, kid. You got crunched. In Tennessee. 
A jury awarded a Cracker Barrel patron $9.4 million after the man asked for a glass of water and was served a glass of corrosive cleaning solution. Worst of all, the restaurant refused to honor its free refill policy. <laughs> so stupid. The jury also awarded $13 million to the man's date who ordered Cracker Barrel's meatloaf and was served Cracker Barrel's meatloaf. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. <laughs> Also this week, major airlines warned that the rollout of new C-band 5G service could potentially ground planes, stranding passengers, and causing chaos, with the FAA warning that the new FG could potentially interfere with airplane instruments. I don't understand how 5G got to this point without resolving what is obviously a huge problem. Faster downloads is not a valid reason to risk crashing planes. The only valid reason to risk crashing a plane is if you're not as drunk as they say you are, and you want to scare the normies by opening a door. (laughs) Meanwhile... Maya Angelou has become the first black woman to appear on the U.S. quarter. Maya Angelou, famous for her collection of poems on parking tickets. Hey, do you have any Angelous for the meter? <laughs> Listen, if, if you're familiar with Maya Angelou's work, you'll know that this is something she would fucking love. <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell ended her legal fight to keep the identity of eight John Doe's named in a 2015 defamation lawsuit against Jeffrey Epstein out of the public record, opening the possibility that their names will be unsealed. Don't worry, guys. I'm sure there is a very normal, non-felonious reason she fought for years to have these eight names stay a secret. For example, maybe they collectively gave her that haircut. (laughs) Fashion legend and former Vogue creative director Andre Leon Talley passed away at the age of 73. You never know how much time we have left, so please take a moment this week to tell your loved ones their outfits look like fucking shit. (laughs) After several attempts to save a dog stranded on mud flats, threatened by a rising tide, the dog was finally lured to higher ground by attaching a sausage to the foot of a drone, which is how Ronan gets me to take out the garbage. (laughs) And finally... Mars, the candy company, said they're going to redesign the M&M characters for a more dynamic, progressive world. So say hello to the newest M&M, Che Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Mars, the candy company, said they're going to redesign the M&M characters for a more dynamic, progressive world. A spokesperson explained, now canonically, one of the M&Ms had an abortion. We won't tell you which one out of respect for their privacy. And finally, Mars, the candy company, said they're going to redesign the M&M characters for a more dynamic, progressive world. As part of the change, the green M&M will no longer just be sexy. Now she'll be sexy and plagued by guilt over a hit and run that she got away with. (laughs) And finally, finally, Mars the Candy Company said they're going to redesign the M&M characters for a more dynamic, progressive world. A spokesperson said, we heard you. And yes, these new M&M characters will have genitals. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That was the last joke. Everybody applaud. When we come back, Megan Gailey is here to talk about Novak Djokovic and the diva athletes of the COVID era. And we're back! Listen, for those listening at home, this is edited to seem as though these are almost organic and natural bits of applause (laughs) and cheering. Be assured that they are not. That they are paid for and still being granted reluctantly. (laughs) And we're back! Novak Djokovic. No, I'm not referring to the original name of the Joker's great-grandfather that got changed at Ellis Island, (laughs) but rather the Serbian tennis star who has decided to take on Australia, France, and the Omicron variant rather than get vaccinated against COVID. If you've been following his saga, you know that Djokovic was denied entry into the Australian Open and deported from the country after fudging some details on his visa application regarding whether or not he had traveled in the two weeks prior to entering Australia. 
which he blamed on human error. He also had to apologize for doing an in-person interview with a French outlet and taking off his mask for a photo with the same after testing positive for COVID. Meanwhile, France issued a statement that Djokovic would have to be vaccinated if he wanted to play in the French Open in May. And I don't know about you, but I'd be painting my tennis whites brown if I heard France, the country, had made an announcement about something I did. Hey, love it. Did you see what France said about you today? No. Was it nice? What do you think? Now, you know I love sports. Big, sp <laughs> Big sports boy. Love hoops and everybody's dreams about them. But I think the thing that gripes me about the Novak Diaries is that he is such an incredible diva about the whole thing. Of course, he's not the only athlete who has surveyed the devastation of the past two years and said, yeah, I can hit a little yellow ball so hard this won't affect me. Joining me now to discuss Djokovic and the other divas live of COVID sports, it's a wonderful comedian, writer, and sports fan you know her and love her from Hysteria. Please welcome Megan Gailey. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. That's for the dog. For those listening, yeah, that's, that's a, for the dog. Sounds really strange, that's but it's a dog. dog. <laughs> it's a dog. But I'm going to itch you behind your ears, too. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Have you been following the uh, Djokovic you saga? You betcha. I hate this bitch. <laughs> well, say more about that. I used to love him very, very much. He's fun. He used to be called the Joker pre the movie um, when that was like a fun nickname. And he was known as the funny guy on the tour, which is always like, okay. And then he took like a real Joker-esque turn a couple years ago and just has become a villain. This is not the first of it. He threw a tournament during the first like 2020 wave of COVID, um, basically being like, fuck you, I don't believe in this. And then a bunch of people got sick from it. He has been critical of Naomi Osaka. He was even critical of Simone Biles during her Olympic run. Uh, he has been critical of Serena Williams and her quote-unquote outburst, and then he hit a line judge with a ball really hard in the neck. Um, he says he did not mean to do it on purpose, and I don't think he did mean to do it on purpose, but it just fits so well with what he had been doing on purpose. Like He was like frustrated, right? And he kind he of was frustrated, it. and he was like, and it nailed a woman. <gasps> yeah, it was, she's okay, and it was funny. Uh, <laughs> so this was, and Australia had been like, you have to be vaccinated to play in the tournament. And I do think there are athletes that are secretly not vaccinated that are pretending that they're injured. So, okay, you can DM me for that. But when he was like, oh, I'm going to be going, I thought, oh my God, he got vaccinated. He's just posturing. And then he wanted religious exemption? I don't know. I get the exemptions confused, but he truly thought... He was going to be above this. The thing that I was thinking about is like whether it's Djokovic or Aaron Rodgers or mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Brady. <laughs> I think he goes by Tom. Thomas is vaxxed. Is he now vaxxed? Well, it was funny because he was really proud. He was like, the Bucks are the first team to be fully vaxxed. And then they had three players who used fake vax cards. Antonio Brown, one of them. Um, and Antonio Brown was living in Tom Brady's house pretending to be vaxxed and wasn't. <laughs> And you know who outed Antonio Brown? His chef. I love that. <laughs> I look, look, listen, we've said it before in the show. We've said it again. You got to get your chef in an NDA. Yes. <laughs> this show is, it's, obviously, it's about making fun of the news, but it's also about practical lived experience and advice for bettering yourself. If you're listening to this and your chef is not in an NDA, don't wait. How are you crashing at someone's house and have a personal chef? Like, 
That's cool. Is he coming with you? Yeah. So the thing about Djokovic and and Rogers, I feel like you started that sentence and now I'm finishing it. Is that Please. I really loved Aaron Rodgers and he's really smart and or I thought so. And the guys that were actively being like, no, I'm not doing this. Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, they stood in the fire of it and were like, listen, I'm stupid. Basically, like Lamar Jackson was asked about it during a Rolling Stone interview and goes, man, I thought we were going to talk about music. And then they were like, did you do your research? He goes, no, I didn't do my research. Like, that's fun, at least. Um, Aaron Rodgers, like going on all of these podcasts and being like, I know doctors and all drink piss and saying all these things and, and acting so smug about it. It's like, no, that's now I'm more mad at you. I wish you were a dummy like Carson Wentz. The reason I brought up Tom Brady is not because of his vaccination status. It's because he kind of fits to me with like there is a quality that a lot of these male athletes have, which because they're men doesn't get branded. But if they were women in, say, music, they'd be called divas. Like yeah. these are divas, yes. like people who think the rules don't apply to them, people who are very narcissistic. Their lives are arranged around their specific needs and wants, but they're treated with kid gloves mm -hmm. because they're men doing sports, and that's considered to be important. In his book, Serve to Win, Novak Djokovic says, his doctor diagnosed him with a gluten intolerance by holding a piece of bread and pushing down on his other arm, claiming his arm felt weaker. He also said that positive thought can purify contaminated water. Do you think athletes are maybe more susceptible to this kind of quackery? Um, I almost wish they weren't because they use their bodies more than I do. You know, like mm -hmm. they should know better about their bodies than any of us. Yeah, if I was a con artist doctor, I would definitely probably go after athletes. I guess that does make sense. So kudos to them. I unfollowed his wife on Instagram. So I just want everyone to know I've been making sacrifices too. What were you getting from that experience? A lot of beach um, <laughs> and a lot of like vacation. Mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't post about him a lot. I think she knows we're mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we wouldn't want to forget that there are other incredible moments in recent sports history. So Megan is going to join in answering which incredible diva gave us this COVID memory in a game we're calling The Vaccination of Mimi, a title, <laughs> a title I, I personally ruminated on for hours until we came up with the perfect thing, which was The Vaccination of Mimi. <laughs> are you ready, Megan? I'm ready. Which Utah jazz player joked about COVID in March 2020, even touching multiple reporters' microphones, then immediately got COVID days later? Okay, he felt really, really bad about this, um, and it's Rudy Gobert. He felt really bad, and he said his mom was really scared and pissed. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because she was in France, so there was a time delay. It was tough. Which Houston Rocket player had to apologize for sneaking a female COVID-19 testing official into his hotel room in the NBA bubble last year? And he's currently on the Rockets? My information ends at the sentence I read. <laughs> Who snuck in? I don't know. I'll give you the only hint I can give you. Okay. Which is that his first name is spelled differently than you would expect, <laughs> but it's just said the way you'd think it would be said. Um, Jalen? Daniel House. Daniel House? I don't know him. In October, protesters stormed the Barclays Center in support of Kyrie this- Kyrie Irving. <laughs> They're king. They're king. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool thing to protest. <laughs> Which anti-vax NFL player denied having COVID toe, even brandishing his bare foot during a press conference? 
That was probably Antonio Brown. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, his toe. He said he had COVID toe. I forgot. I forgot. But he didn't have COVID toe? No, COVID toe's, I guess, not a thing. <laughs> He's still in the playoffs. Which Golden State Warriors player, who did eventually get vaccinated, initially refused to get the COVID vaccine because he had a bad reaction to Tylenol? Oh, oh, he wanted religious exemption. Bees? I'll give you a hint. His name sounds like... But- <laughs> These are the only hints I can give. I don't know anything oh, about these su- people. This is such a no, mean no, no. game to play with a pregnant woman. This um, is a this is a hint. The hint okay. is his last name sounds like the last name of the f- dumb character on The Simpsons, a dumb little boy. Is that M- Milhouse? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's smart. He's smart. His dad on The Simpsons is the police officer. Oh, this is now I'm like now I'm just two wrong answers. It was Ralph Wiggum's. <laughs> And Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, yeah. Which star athlete organized a tennis event in Croatia in June 2020, which was promptly canceled after two players tested positive? Djokovic. You got it. Yeah. Which NFL player quoted, or at least paraphrased, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when arguing against different treatment for unvaccinated athletes, declaring, the great MLK said, you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that made no sense. I think this is Aaron Rodgers, but it could, okay, Cole Beasley had a wild presser, too. It was Rodgers. You got it. Uh, it says here, guest project plug. Anything you want to plug? I'm anti-vax. Uh, <laughs> and I'm doing an anti-vax book tour that cool. will, yeah, going to all my favorite red states. So obviously kicking off in my home state of Indiana. Terrific. So, ch- <laughs> so check that out. Thank you, Megan. You can hear Megan on Crooked's own Hysteria. When we come back, Jared Goldstein will join to talk about the funhouse of shattered mirrors that is Joss Whedon's inner psyche. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. (laughs) Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. (laughs) When we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the, the, the attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm-hmm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm-hmm. We all need therapy. Mm-hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. And we're back in a new vulture feature published this week titled the undoing of john sweden the avengers age of ultron director fends off accusations of behavior that is not just inappropriate but also downright bizarre bizarre enough to make him seem like the villain in any number of buppy episodes at least from season four the worst season <laughs> per kendra what's surprising about the whedon piece is here we are four years since the invention of accountability. <laughs> and we have genuinely innovative kinds of misconduct in the piece. Joining me now are two people who know their bizarre villains. Megan Gailey, who's here. You know her from the last segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hello. And 
the very hilarious stand-up and recent I Love a Lifetime guest co-host. Please welcome back Jared Goldstein. <laughs> Megan and Jared, tell me. Did you read the feature? Uh, yes, and I'm upset. And what are your thoughts? It's too long. Um, <laughs> everyone keeps saying the world is ending, and I'd like for us to start creating content that reflects that. And nothing has made me want to not live in L.A. more than that piece of writing. I thought everyone in it seemed unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I skimmed it. <laughs> I skimmed it. He sounds like a bad guy. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the article, uh, Whedon tells the interviewer that he had been advised to go to the bathroom anytime a question <laughs> makes him uncomfortable. Then he does go to the bathroom repeatedly during the interview. What kind of plan is that? Not good. Well, he um, told them that they can't use the bathroom and then he used the bathroom? No, I think they can. I think anyone can. Anyone uh -huh. can. And he was doing it by going, I need to use the loo. <laughs> I actually don't think it's a bad plan to be going to the bathroom, but a bad plan to then tell the interviewer that that's your plan. If you are going to use the bathroom as a place to escape hard questions, if you don't tell someone you're going to do that and you do exit to use the bathroom several mm. times, that will become part of the piece that there was something very wrong with you yeah. on the day the interview was conducted. Yeah. And I guess it's really um, it's a no-win situation. Mm -hmm. Tom did that on Succession, and it didn't work for him. It didn't work right. for Tom. I was saying it is a Tom Wamgams move. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you think when he's said someone told him he's like i watched succession it's totally <laughs> possible <laughs> it's totally possible yeah. so we've seen this around a number of big stars recently there's like starting to be less tolerance for kind of awful behavior that gets justified as like oh that's just part of their genius mm -hmm. i feel like the next conversation like obviously it took until 2017 for people to decide that sexual abuse in the workplace was inappropriate yes low bar cleared mm -hmm. sort of but the next conversation it seems to me is about what other kinds of behavior is acceptable, not acceptable? Like a lot of what's reported in this article is just sort of weird, bad shit mm -hmm. in its own kind of category of like odd. Like obviously, there's like inappropriate behavior that is described. There's also just sort of bizarre behavior. And do you think that like that is the next thing that we're not tolerating as much or is it still fine? It's so um, Hollywood, though. Even hearing those stories, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like I know 20 people that this article could be about, <laughs> uh, which is sad because there's lots of good people, too. And I obviously know that his ex-wife spoke out against him a few years ago. It honestly seemed like there was more of an issue because people thought his latest movie was bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you don't make a bad movie, people will not bring up that you've done weird stuff. Right, you can't fuck up Justice League. That's it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think the weird behavior, it has to stop. I mean, if someone can write an article about it, like, you probably shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> but, like, like that being said, though, I was on a TV show. It was on Quibi, Calm Down. Um, where Is that TV? Was that a TV show? <laughs> Let me have this. Let me have this. Um, where I told, I think I told one person once that I liked Pellegrino, mm -hmm. uh, and very sweetly they got me a lot of Pellegrino. So I was drinking Pellegrino like all day, and then I was just burping all day, wow. and it became like a thing where it was like he's always burping, and I could see like if that was like written down in like yeah. hard copy, I'd be like, God, I sound like terrible. You're Robert Durst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So I think that's the line. I will say one of the things that did make me very upset was that his grandfather and father were TV writers. <laughs> and I just think that that's an unfair advantage. Well, that was, I think uh, it was, yeah. yes. The, I didn't know that his father and grandfather were all like kind of successful TV writers. And then he gets these opportunities at a young age. And then he's such a prick yeah. to up and coming people that didn't have the same opportunities that he did. Some of that, I wonder if was a learned, like, this is just how it is, you know, which you, you hear. and mm-hmm. I, And I think that probably transcends Hollywood in some ways too of like, we've now started to have conversations about like, is unpaid internships really fair for people that are not able to work unpaid, but to be bullied at boarding school in England, like that's so much money to get made fun of. Like just fucking (laughs) go to public school, dog. There's so much nepotism in LA and I didn't know that he was a nepotism case until I read the piece either. I think a lot of people, I didn't know that, but I always think with nepotism, it's like, okay, I'm resentful of, like the the rich LA kids that mm-hmm. get like every opportunity. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> but then I also think, but wait, you move here with the goal of being successful here in the hopes of having potentially kids here that get the nepotism that you so resented. Like, isn't the mm. goal to have kids who get the opportunities that the nepotistic kids get that you resented when you were their age? So is the goal to make nepotism happen but for you? The point is fine, like, you got to use these advantages, smoke them if you got them, but you can't be a fucking prick to the people that yeah. didn't, you got you got to be, if you're a nepotism case, you got to be so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know a nepotism case who is so nice, and it's honestly refreshing, but I did give them a gift once before I knew they were a nepotism, and then when I found out, I did want the gift back. <laughs> wow. What was the gift? $100 to, like, Postmates. <laughs> I said, give me that back. Your dad is who? <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes I wish we just knew. Like, if we could just know. Well, and I would say as someone who is pregnant with child right now, and people are like, do you want him to be a comedian? I'm like, God, no. You know, like, I hope he does something useful. So Mm -hmm. I actually do not want nepotism to benefit my child. Okay. Megan hates her child. Wow. (laughs) Pretty brave. I want him to work really hard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pretty neat. (laughs) Middle management for my little guy. What kind of uh, nepotism is Pundit getting? <laughs> oh, Pundit? Pundit? Look, here's the thing. Pundit's obviously a rescue. Okay. Uh, really? Re- they have t- rescues like this dog? I rescued Pundit from Mia Farrow. Uh. And <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was so gripped <laughs> by this Vulture piece. Are you talking about Vulture's comics to watch 2021? Were you on that list? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Stop. That's crazy. <laughs> and did you feel watched? Did it work? I did. I did. I did. Yeah. They say we live in a surveillance state. <laughs> Panopticon. Back to the card. I was so gripped by this vulture piece, I kept thinking, wow, Joss Whedon sounds like the bad guy in a Lifetime movie, which brings us to a segment we're calling Joss, We Done With You. <laughs> Some more Che Diaz snaps. Well, I will ask you, is this an actually wild, strange, and or awful thing Joss Whedon allegedly did? Or is it a plot line from a literal Lifetime movie? Wow. Okay. Bonus points if you can name the Lifetime film. Okay. Yikes. (laughs) As always, the points are arbitrary and mean nothing. Are you ready? Yes. Mm. You just have to say if this is from Life or Lifetime. Okay. Okay. Joss Whedon allegedly suggested his girlfriend meet up with a female friend of his only for the other woman to reveal that she, too, is Joss Whedon's girlfriend. Okay. So (laughs) that was Life. Um, (laughs) That was Life, but would make a great Lifetime, too. Jared, over to you. Joss Whedon allegedly rescued a woman from a terrible date only for her to find out later that he had paid the man to be a total nightmare so that he could play the hero. Life. No, that's Lifetime. Ah. A film called Her Deadly Sugar Daddy. Ooh. 
<laughs> well, Megan, over to you. Wait, but Megan, can I just say, it's, I've been watching this whole show, yeah. and i got to say, it's so powerful and chic of you when you get every question right and you don't respond to the boop, the blue check, <laughs> and you just keep on, you're just cool as a cucumber. Well, my, my brain is just bloop all the time, you yeah. know? Just and as, as you can see, I was just savagely red x <laughs> right away. It really did hurt. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad pundits. Hey, can we give... Can we can we give Jared a good experience? Yeah, give me a yeah. Give me some yeah. <laughs> he allegedly secretly offered a psychic medium twenty five hundred dollars to come to his house and watch him write, whereupon he enticed her into a romantic relationship. Okay, that is life, and also feels like what Colin Firth did in Love Actually. The reexamination of Love Actually yeah. that's coming. Mm-hmm. That is a terrifying film. <laughs> About people who do not know what love is and right. may never know what it is. Yeah. It is not love, actually. Right. It is not love, actually. Mm-hmm. It is actually not love. <laughs> he allegedly fabricated text between his girlfriend and another man to make it look like she was having an illicit affair. Life. Time. Time. <laughs> um, Deadly Mile High Club? Close. Deadly Infidelity. Original title, Fatal Memory. Oh, wow. Ugh. Megan for the steal. He invited a woman to his parents' home only for her to realize he invited her exclusively to make his brother's ex-girlfriend with whom he was in love jealous. Um, Lifetime. Film. Something about the snow. It's cold. Yes. The secret's in the snow. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. That is, oh that is chilling. You're person in America. <laughs> wow. There's nothing you don't know. Wow. Watching Lifetime movies for two. This is know? incredible. I've been audited, so there is some stuff. Sports, Lifetime movies. <laughs> What can't you do? Wow. What can't you do, Jaren? Uh, everything that I can. <laughs> All right, Jared, next one. Okay, I'm going to get this one right. You are. You are. Joss Whedon and a woman entered into a consensual owner and doll relationship. That sounds like life. That yeah. is correct. They really did that. Amazing work. You know, he's what Jared's doing that you're not doing. Oh. He's making us remember his wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being a man. <laughs> I'm doing very little and I'm celebrating a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another life lesson. <laughs> yeah. Joss Whedon allegedly became so enamored with a new colleague, he began dressing exactly like her down to the accessories. Later, when asked about some obvious lies, he told her Whedon allegedly claimed not to remember because he had Parkinson's. Um, that is Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's not single black female. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It starred Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, oh, the neighbor in the window. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wild. Knowing that is wild. All right, Jared. <laughs> Knowing that is wild. Put that on the screen. <laughs> I think she should get an X for that, for what it says. <laughs> yeah. What it says about the life she's leaving. It's a really, really good film. <laughs> They're pumping out so many of these movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Joss Whedon alleged that Gal Gadot misunderstood him <laughs> shouting at her on the Justice League set because English is not her first language. <laughs> That's life. That is life. That's life. And, that, and Gal Gadot told New York Magazine, I understood perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely devastating. I mean, what a crazy thing. He's like, no, I'm not an asshole. I'm a xenophobe. <laughs> it's like, what? Being yelled at is just different in the U.S. versus Israel. It's opposite. No more JDS. Now. After reading in a book she had authored that her worst fear was being broken up with on her birthday, Joss Whedon broke up with a woman hours before her birthday. This was life. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. After being rebuffed following a brief fling, Joss Whedon attempted to date a woman's daughter in a twisted game of revenge. 
Um, that is uh, this mine is, to I answer. Know, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! <laughs> is that life? No, it's Lifetime, oh, and it's about a pool cleaner, the yeah. pool boy, yeah. psycho pool boy, oh pool boy nightmare, pool boy nightmare. <laughs> no, give her an X. It was wrong. She got it wrong. Oh yeah, I got it wrong. What a bitch! <laughs> Wait, is it really called Pool Boy Nightmare? It's called yes. Pool Boy Nightmare. And These I have, good. And I have a major issue with it because the pool boy was not hot enough. That is <laughs> that sucks. That's I will it. say this is a great example. Uh, they are living the start with the title and yes. then come up with <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. the fantasy. Like, let's come up with a list of sick titles and then let's make movies about them. Pool Boy Nightmare, Ugh, great title. Set and filmed in Encino. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Authentic. Look, obviously, uh, everybody gather up, everybody gather up. Um, thanks for being part of the production of Pool Boy Nightmare. Um, <laughs> I think we all got into this for the right reason, which is <laughs> yeah. creating art. Um <laughs> Uh, so obviously a lot of really tense scenes, a lot of emotional scenes, a lot of scenes involving nudity, but I just know that over the next six to seven hours of filming this entire movie, yeah. <laughs> we're going to all... <laughs> Joss Whedon identifies with Shakespeare's Richard III to the point that he mimes stabbing a knife into his stomach in front of the interviewer. This was life. Wow. After hearing about her difficulties with the adoption process, Joss Whedon allegedly invited a woman to his house for private yoga sessions and then attempted to break up her marriage. Lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes! Psycho yoga instructor. You bet. <laughs> Again, pool boy nightmare. Psycho yoga instructor. They are fucking doing it over there at yeah. Lifetime. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. About how, think about how hard everybody else makes Hollywood. You know, they're like, what, is the, what do the characters want? No. Pool boy nightmare. Mm -hmm. Psycho yoga instructor. Done. And the psycho Greenlit. yoga instructor is hot. Yes. Yeah, he's hot. They got that's that cool. casting correct. Okay. That's cool. That's, like, that's the whole job. <laughs> and finally, this is for both of you. Oh. Jaws Whedon took to wearing a pink fedora only to have another man wear the exact same fedora while kissing someone in Jaws Whedon's driveway just to confuse his lover who was watching from a plane. This is Lifetime and that is Deadly Mile High. Fucking <laughs> correct. <laughs> Deadly Mile High Club. That rules. Yeah. Wow. And that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> given the opportunity. Uh, I've, look, uh, obviously, um, <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. check the points. Jared, you won the game. Wow. Oh, my God. Yes. Great. Great job. Stop the steal. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, <laughs> Jared and Megan are going to stick around when we come back. It's time for the rant wheel. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, the, the first time I did the show, the Pride event, yeah. I, I didn't get to really watch the whole show, but at the end I came on stage and I was like, why are there index cards all over the floor? Like, what happened? And now I get it. This is part of it. Yeah. This is part of it. So I want to plug me learning. <laughs> Leave it in. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Ashley's Memorial Day mattress sale is going on now. Save big on select adjustable mattress sets up to $1,200 on Beautyrest Black, up to $800 on Purple, and up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic. Plus, get 72-month special financing with select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Visit your local Ashley store or ashley.com for better sleep and savings. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. And we're back. Woo! Little housekeeping. This week on Hysteria, Jay Smith Cameron from Succession joins to talk about the newest season of the hit show. Plus, Aaron and Alyssa also discuss the state of the Omicron variant and everything going on with the Supreme Court. New episodes of Hysteria with Megan Gailey drop every Thursday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
and check out the latest episode of Pod Save the World this week. Secretary of State Tony Blinken joins Ben and Tommy to discuss the threat of Russia invading Ukraine, the Iran deal, combating anti-Semitism, and promoting democracy. New episodes of Pod Save the World drop every Wednesday. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. But now it is time for the rant wheel. I am still joined by the wonderful Megan Gailey and Jared Goldstein and Punt at the Dog. It's time to spin the rant wheel. This week on the wheel, we have the 2005 Porsche Carrera GT, Girl Scout cookies, yellow jackets, Neil Gorsuch and masks, uh, the fact that Taco Bell puts the cheese on top of the lettuce, the Macbeth movie, helicopters flying over my house when we're trying to record Love or Leave It, and people who are way too hard on and just like that. Yeah. <laughs> there. Got those Che Diaz snaps tonight. That's how you know it's a good show. People snapping. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on the 2005 Porsche Carrera GT. Where do I start? <laughs> At the very beginning, I think. Okay, so this week, a 2005 Porsche Carrera GT was sold for $2 million on the online auction site, Bring a Trailer. It was the most expensive car ever sold online. Everybody's freaking the funk out about it. Every freaking gay guy in Hollywood can't stop talking about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one is talking about the 2011 Mazda 2 that I purchased for $4,000 US on the famous website Craigslist. <laughs> and I want, I want an article. I'm wondering where my article is. Because the Porsche had 250 miles on it. The Mazda had 150,000 miles on it. Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. You bought a Mazda with 150,000 miles on it. The guy, he yeah. was like, he told me, and I was like, oh my God, that is so fast. I'll take it. And it's 11 years old? It is. Wow. How is it still running? Can right I? about that. <laughs> That's I what I want to hear. I have another question. I didn't know they come in twos. They don't anymore. Limited edition. <laughs> Like, I obviously, there's the Mazda Also known three. as discontinued. There's, there's a it's three. It's going to explode. And there's the Miata, mm. famously. Yeah. Tiny little Miata. Yeah. Very funny 80s car. What color? It's black. Oh. It's a good car. Okay, look. I recently left it for two months. I went, I went out of town. And everybody was like, it's not going to start when you get back. It's not going to start. You're going to have to jump it. It's probably not going to start. It's not going to start. It's not going to start. Baby, it started. Wow. Except for the stereo. Except for the stereo. <laughs> for some reason. Um, if anyone can help me with that. I believe Mazda also, what is the, does anybody know the kind of engine that's a triangle, not internal? Theragun. <laughs> not Theragun. That's a home massager. It's a this triangle. A, and it's it an is an engine. A, you're right about that. It is a triangle. Stupid of me. Uh, yes, Wankel engine. Wankel? It's a Mazda thing, right? But now you're asking a lot of questions. <laughs> anyway, it's cool. The Wankel. Do I have a Wankel? You don't. (laughs) (laughs) It was invented in 2012. The Wankel. (laughs) Basically, why on earth would I go further into this? (laughs) Moving forward. Give me some snaps for moving forward. Thank you. Any further thoughts on the Mustang? Um, Adopt, don't shop. My car is a rescue. Please. (laughs) Let's spin it again. It has landed on the Supreme Court and masks. And all I want to say about this is, okay, so there are nine justices. Eight of them are in person. One of them is remote. The one who's remote has a comorbidity. They have type 1 
diabetes. Of the eight in person, seven are wearing masks, one is not. That's Neil Gorsuch. Nina Totenberg, who is great, report. <laughs> let's get snaps for, for Nina Totenberg, reports that Chief Justice Roberts asked Gorsuch to wear a mask on behalf of Sotomayor, and he said no. Then the next day, Sotomayor and Gorsuch put out a statement together that says, we are dear friends, and none of this reporting is true. I did not ask my colleague to put on a mask. At which point, everybody knows that's not what the reporting said. The reporting didn't say that you asked Neil Gorsuch. The reporting said that Chief Justice John Roberts asked Neil Gorsuch. And then Justice Roberts puts the statement saying, no, I did not. That is not true. I did not ask Neil Gorsuch to wear a mask. And that was the end of the comment. But nobody asked the next question or could get an answer to the next question, which is, why not? Why is nobody asking Neil Gorsuch to wear a mask? What are the rules over there? Seven people wear a mask, one person doesn't, and one person's on work from home? That's not fair. Also, just how uncomfortable would you be? Just think about it. If you're the only person around all these people, not you would just be so distracted and like weird. Absol- I have learned over the last two years that my mask policy is socially based. If everyone has one, I feel like I need one. Mm-hmm. Once people take it off, within moments, I'm like, we didn't need those. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, if you're looking at over at good old Amy Cones and you see she's got one on, just throw one on. Right. Yeah. It's not like you're, yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there with Samuel Alito, whose eyes just scream sociopath. <laughs> 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 Amy Coney Barrett, who basically got the seat in a fucking heist. You're with Clarence Thomas, who's a right-wing nut. They're wearing the masks. Yeah. Kavanaugh's wearing the mask. Kavanaugh's wearing the mask. Oh, I don't want to be a lefty like Kavanaugh with his cancel culture <laughs> masks. Put on a mask, Neil Gorsuch. Put on a goddamn mask for Sonia Sotomayor, even if she didn't ask. She shouldn't have to ask. Oh, we're dear friends. Get better friends, Sonia. I think that's enough of that. Let's spin it again. It has landed on Girl Scout cookies. Okay, that's obviously the pregnant woman's. Um, <laughs> wow, they're here. I got 10 boxes. There's something about them that brings people together. You know, like everybody has a favorite. What's your favorite, Jared? Samoas. What's your favorite? Samoas. Wow, okay. And see, no one even gets mad. Yeah. I love a dosy dough. I love a thin mint. But when I hear a Samoa, I go, that's really good too. It's like a place where we all come and feel welcome and not angry. And I ordered them from girls in New York City that I don't even know. And it apparently helps them in some way. And it was something that like I was a brownie and then I crossed over. I walked over the bridge to become a Girl Scout, but I had to miss a episode of Full House. And I said, I'm not going to be able to go forward with this. (laughs) But the fact that there's girls still dedicated to it and they came out with a new flavor, it's not even that good. But the fact that they're still revolutionary and it's just something that I'm so happy that everybody can get behind i love that they come out in january and they say fuck your diet you're gonna deny us there's no way you're gonna be sober sure whatever but you're gonna eat a whole sleeve of frozen thin mints and i just think the persistence you can depend on them and the girls they're having a fun time and i think they go to camp still and i'm just happy to put my money behind it and inflation has not raised the prices at all very cheap and they came very very fast and i had to hide them from my husband because he asked me to (laughs) wait what's the new flavor Adventurefuls. 
Okay, what is <laughs> that's it's not a flavor? Kind of what like, is that? <laughs> it's just kind of like a heart. It's brownie, and we love a brownie. Mm. But the thing is, when you try and do like a brownie cookie, it's like yeah. we just want a brownie. And so it's like a hard brownie with a caramel on the inside. But I go, thanks for trying. You okay. know, thanks for spicing it up because the s'more one they came out with a few years ago, <sighs> they fucking knocked that out of the wow. park. I remember that one. That was so good. It's good. They still have it. It's Ooh. delicious. What's it called? Um, mm, s'mores? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two comments. Comment number one, I uh, completely agree. Comment number two, I was at a Dwayne Reed in New York City. Mm. To, I, can't, I still can't believe this happened, and I can't believe it hasn't been more of a scandal, and I don't even know if it's ongoing. But in the cookie aisle of a Dwayne Reed, which you'll happen upon once in a while late at night, there were their normal cookies, as you see everywhere. And then there was, at the Dwayne Reed, Girl Scout cookies. But store brand, Dwayne Reed brand Girl Scout cookies. Whoa. There were Samoas and there were Thin Mints. There were all the different kinds of Girl Scout cookies, but they were generic brand Dwayne Reed mm. Girl Scout cookies. And I don't know if it's still going on, but I saw that and I thought that's what happened to our society. Mm-hmm. That somewhere there was a group of people that thought these Girl Scouts got a good racky going. <laughs> <laughs> we can really fuck these kids because we can we can undercut them on price because we're we're Dwayne we're Reed we're we're fucking rapacious and so we're gonna make our own Girl Scout cookies and sell them to kind of skim off the top of this goodwill directed at these girls. You know how we had lawyers that went to the airport to help when like mm-hmm. the Muslim ban went into effect. I think we need those same lawyers to sue Dwayne Reed on behalf of the Girl Scouts. I don't know. They're kind of zero and one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe this is something they could really sink their teeth into. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. Maybe put it back out there. Give another shot. All right. Let's spin it one more time. It has landed on Yellow Jackets. Ah! Oh, my gosh. It's me again. All I do is sit and eat and watch. Um, okay. Are we watching? Yes! Okay, so the internet sometimes bullies you into a show, and the internet ended up right this time. I kept being like, I don't think I want to watch this, but I did watch it, and it's so much fun, and people are like, is it too scary? Yeah, it's about teen girls stuck in the woods. That shit's terrifying, but they have their periods. They have to soak them in like a boily thing together, a cauldron. Uh, Juliette Lewis, we're not even that mad at her that she's a Scientologist, and it's flat. Back, we've got young girls, we've got old girls, we've got the 90s, we've got soccer, we've got Christina Ricci in a curly um, banged wig. It's so fun. And if you don't like gore and you don't like scare, there is a Twitter account that will tell you when the scary things are coming up so you can look away. Yes, I know. So I don't know what the handle is, but look into that yourself. Uh, very helpful. Producer Brian is gobsmacked yes. with excitement that such a thing exists. And what's so fun, too, is I don't think even the creators or the writers know what's going to happen. So we have all these theories, and they seem to be winging it. And I read an entire article interview with the showrunners, and I don't even remember their names because I'm not a fucking psycho like a Josh Whedon worshiper. And so that's what's fun, too. I just took them at face value. They're writing the second season. We're going to have to wait a long time for it. There's politics in it. There's sports in it. Uh, There's some fashion. The quizzes on BuzzFeed have been so fun i'm obviously a jackie uh and it's just been really funny scary spooky and a romp wow that was can we um let's get some money for that from the yellow jackets people <laughs> let's reach out to uh, viacom see if we can get a little uh get our beak wet on that one any more rants i don't think so i'll say this 
I'm sick of all these people criticizing and just like that. <laughs> it, has go- it has gotten out of hand. They're just trying their best, trying to make something entertaining. And are we not entertained? I can't wait to watch the next episode to find out what unholy decisions the writers make. <laughs> yeah. What horrors can be visited upon these middle-aged women. I have a theory that they're in on the joke of comedy concert. Of course. Right? They have to be. I've said it it's once. every episode. I will say it again. And just like that is fucking great. The people criticizing it have gone way too fucking far. Michael Patrick King is a genius. Reminder, he made the comeback. People are acting like this guy didn't make the fucking comeback. Are you kidding me? How about we trust a great creator? Sure, as noted last week on this show, each of the the leads has been assigned a woman of color as a mentor, and that's a bit troubling, just sort of (laughs) dramatically. But other than that, and a bunch of other problems, it's a near perfect show. And that's just something I wanted to add because I think people have been way too critical. Yes. When we come back, we'll end on a high note. back let's end on a high note hi love it this is sarah from salt lake city calling with my high note of the week i am currently a resident physician in my last year of training and obviously the past 22 months have been very stressful but this week i signed a job offer where i will focus on providing care to lgbtq adults and adolescents including providing gender affirming care I'm so excited for this opportunity to be an ally and an advocate for these patients. I want to thank you for all you do, especially discussing ongoing trans issues in state legislatures, and for making me laugh during some really difficult shifts. Thanks. Bye. Hi, love it. I'm calling with a high note. Uh, My husband and I have been going through fertility treatments, which has not yet been successful, and it's been pretty demoralizing. We came to your show in New York, and although I listen to your show every week, we were inspired from the live show to adopt high notes to our daily routine when we're going to bed, which has helped us to reflect on all the positives in our lives and keep us grounded. And I'm actually a child psychologist and have passed that suggestion along to a few of my patients, of course, crediting you. So thanks on behalf of me, my husband, and my patients for giving us a way to brighten our day. Hi, love it. This is Shira calling from Atlanta. Love the show. Um, my high note for the week is that in December, after almost six years, I graduated from college. It was a really hard road, and I was really proud of myself. And then yesterday, I found out that I got accepted to my top program for grad school, studying library science. And I'm going to move across the country and do that. And I am really, really excited about it. So thanks for all your good work. Bye. Hey, love it. It's Nicole in St. Paul. My high note this week is that my daughter got her booster shot. She is in the Moderna trial for the past 11 months. And now we've been able to add on the booster study as well. I'm excited. She is fully vaccinated and boosted. Thanks to everybody who submitted high notes this week. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, you can call us at 213-262-4427. That is our show. Thank you to Megan Gailey and Jared Goldstein and everybody who called in with a high note. There are 290 days until the 2022 midterm elections. Have a great weekend.
Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our senior producer. Hallie Keeper is our head writer. Jocelyn Kaufman, Pallavi Ganalan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Our associate producer is Brian Semmel. Bill Lance is our editor. And Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Marissa Meyer, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Nar Melkonian and Milo Kim, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote for filming and editing video each week so you can. Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details.